week three of different. And one of the questions in the series has been what makes us, those who, who claim to follow Jesus, those who claim to have their faith rooted in Christ, what makes us different than the rest of the world? And one of the things that Paul said in Romans was, he said, don't just go with the flow of culture. Don't just fit in without even thinking about it, but rather allow God to transform you by changing the way that you think. That we should be, as followers of Jesus, we should be different and we should live differently. So we've been looking at a, a letter in the, in the New Testament called 1 Peter, and this is one of the things that he says, through Christ you have come to trust in God. So it's through what Christ has done, like looking back and seeing what Christ has done by giving his life, it's this incredible picture of God's love for the world. Now, listen, if, if you didn't know this, this is so important for you to know. God loves you. That's so important for us to understand and grasp. And many of us have these warped views of who God is. But God is one who loves you. Regardless, he loves you just the way that you are. How good is that? It's so good. And he loves us so much. Scripture tells us this. God loves us so much that he was willing to send his one and only son, Jesus, for us. That is the good news that we find in the Bible. And God's love for us, made known through Christ, gives us an opportunity to trust him and enter into a relationship with him, to enter into what he would say is his family. We can trust God because we see his love so clearly in Jesus. And it's this self-giving love. It's not this love that says you have to measure up. God's love is it's just who he is. He loves us. And we've placed our faith and our hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and he gave him great glory. And we said this the first week. So this was two weeks ago. We said we're different because our faith is not found in what we can see and understand and figure out. It's, our faith isn't in just the tangible. Our faith is placed in who God is. We can trust you. I want you to hear this. You can trust God. You can trust him. And the other beautiful thing about God's love is God's love will never give up on you. In this world, many people will give up on you. Many people will let you down. I, if I haven't let you down yet, just hang out for a little bit longer. I will at some point let you down because I'm human. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You're going to let me down. Most, some of you already have. We'll let each other down. But listen, we can trust God because he will never give up on us and he will never let us down. That's good news, church. That's such good news. And we can place our faith in that. We can trust him because of that. And then last week, we were talking about this idea of what makes us different is the ways that we love one another. It, it's the way that we, and, and, and the way that First Peter, he, he's encouraging that early church is he says, love each other, love one another. Um, not, not just like the world loves, but love deeply with all of your heart. And this is why we said it's so important to get connected in, in some sort, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, to get connected in some sort of Christian community. And I would say this, if, if you're not connected in relationship with other Christians, you're missing out on the support and the encouragement and, and the accountability that comes from a family, and it's, it's vital to our, our spiritual health. And, and I would go so far as to say this, that if you can't find that in this community, find a church community that you can engage on a deeper level. It is, 
it's not just about sitting in rows. Sitting in rows is important at times for the teaching and, and the worship that we have together, but sitting in circles where we can begin to know one another and be known by one another, that is the beauty of the church, the ways that we can love in, in deeply with, with our whole hearts. And as we were talking about this, um, we were talking about how true community, I don't know if, um, if you remember this, but last week I was talking about how sometimes I get, I think it's as I get older, I get food stuck in my teeth and I'll go through like a whole evening and my wife won't tell me that I have food stuck in my teeth and I get home and I'm starting to brush my teeth and I'm like, really? Like there's kale and you didn't, you didn't, like you didn't think it was important to get me to wipe it out or take it out? I mean, it's gross and um, true community and deep friendship is like a mirror to help us see in ourselves what, what we can't see ourselves. And it's important because God's desire for us is, is to grow into wholeness. And we can't do that on our own. We need help seeing ourselves for who we truly are. And sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. Now, um, one of the things that, that Peter says, and I, this is the southern version, he says that y'all are living stones. And the reason we said y'all, we put that here, the southern version, is because when we read you, so often we think individual, me. But that's not, that's not what Peter is saying. He's saying y'all, like the community of faith, y'all are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. I love this picture. Um, sometimes we misunderstand what the church is and we think the church is a building or the church is something that we go to, but the church is the people. You are the church. I am the church. Together, we are the church. And it, I know it's hard, but it's so good to, to remember that we are the church together. And it's okay. Like sometimes we say, hey, are you going to church today? Or I'm going to church this morning. And that's okay. I understand what the, what the, the uh, meaning of that is. But don't miss this, that you are the church. The blocks, these block walls, they're beautiful. Uh, Steve Bardusen, architect, awesome. That's not the church. This is simply a building where the church gathers. You are the church. And you, as this church, as this spiritual temple, you are the ones who are getting to connect people to God, people who are honestly seeking after God and love and joy and peace and all that. We get to be the ones who help introduce people to the God of the universe. That is part of our role. The church isn't a building, it's us. He goes on and he says, um, as a result... You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Here it is. You want to know what the church is, is to be doing and to be about in this world? We are to be about showing the world God's goodness. That's our, that's our role in this world. Now listen, I know that uh, oftentimes we... we uh, find it important to point out everything that's wrong. And, but don't miss this. Our core responsibility as followers of Jesus, people who have rooted ourselves in God's love, our core responsibility is to do the same thing that Jesus did. And that was to give himself in love to redeem a broken world. In other words, we are here to show 
God's goodness to this world. That is our role. That's our responsibility. We're the church. We're God's temple. And we're, we're to be about showing others how, how good he is. Now, the way we work together and the way we go about that, that's what I want to get to this morning. Um, but before we get there, um, I want to take a moment. We're going to sing a song and I want to do this, uh, we, we want to, as we were putting this together, we, we were saying, let's, let's give people a breath to think about the idea that the God of the universe spoke this world into being, and he breathed life into us, and that's what we're called to do as the church. We are called to, in partnership with God, in the ways that we live in this world, we are called to breathe life into the world. Like whatever it is that you do vocationally, like you're on mission in that place, in that space, and you're there to breathe life into whatever it is, whatever that circle, whatever that community looks like. We're there to, with God, breathe life to bring healing, to bring joy, to bring hope, to bring peace, to be a voice of goodness in the world. That's, that's our calling as the church. So, Hey, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at just a couple other passages, passages of Scripture from 1 Peter. And I hope that during this series you have um, taken the time to read through the, the, the letter called 1 Peter. It's in the New Testament. Uh, you can find it's near the end of the Bible. And um, it's, again, a letter that was written by Peter, someone who spent a lot of time with Jesus. And he's uh, writing to encourage a group of, of faithful people, followers of Jesus, who are living in trials and persecution, unlike anything that we know today. I mean, the persecution, they were being literally being put to death because of their faith. We, sometimes we feel as though we're a little persecuted, but they were being put to death and um, so, so Peter's writing them, and he's encouraging them, and he's saying, don't, don't lose faith. God is still with you. And in fact, not only is God with you, but as, um, as you hold on to your faith, God is working in you to make you a complete and whole person. God can do something. God may be able to do more in the trials that you're facing than he can in the joys of your life. God may shape you more in the trials than in the mountaintops. So, so don't, don't lose faith. Hold in there. That's what I'm talking about. So he says, um, as a result, you are the, the temple, the spiritual temple of God. As a result, you get to show others the goodness of God. This is, this is so awesome that our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to show others God's goodness. Um, I don't know if you've ever, in your work, have you ever had to fire someone? Like, if you have, it's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's terrible, it's awful to be the bearer of bad news. Um, when I, you know, I mentioned a couple minutes ago, like if I could go back and if I didn't feel called to do what I'm doing, that, you know, maybe being a doctor would be good. But one of the most horrendous things I think a doctor would have to do is give bad news at times 
to give news about a diagnosis or the result of a procedure that was, uh, didn't, end up the, didn't end up the way that they thought it would end up. Like that would just be, you know, to, to be the one who had to carry bad news. I think about our, um, at times, some of our servants in the, uh, you know, uh, police officers, like having to show up at homes and tell someone, be this bearer of bad news. Church, we get to, to bring the best news that exists to the world. Like we don't have to carry some negative picture or, or painful, like we get to carry the best news that exists. And it's this, God loves you. And he's done everything needed to connect you with him. Like it's taken care of. The bill is paid. I mean, that's, that's the best thing in the world. We get to do that. We get to be, the church gets to be that. And so here's something that makes us different, Peter says. This is, this is one of those things that makes us different, is that we don't repay evil for evil. Maybe underline that one. <laughs> that's difficult, isn't it? I mean, be honest. We're in church. God's watching. That's, that's, that's hard, isn't it? Like when we're insulted or when someone cuts you off on, on Shea and then drives the speed limit? That's an insult. Like, why would you get in the fast lane and slow down? You know what I'm saying? Some of you have been there. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Hey, I don't have to tell you this. This is the way of the world. If someone insults you, you have every right to insult them back. I was coaching basketball years ago. One of my, my uh, kids was playing YMCA basketball. I was on, you know, Scottsdale and Shea, that YMCA. I was there, and um, we, were, we were playing this other team, and uh, there, I mean, our kids were like six years old. I mean, they were tiny. And, um, you know, they, were, they had the ball, and they would just run with it. They didn't know to dribble, and they would dribble, and... And um, there was a kid on the other team that was very physical. And so he would um, take the ball and physically kind of push our kids a little bit. And the ref was trying to help them. And their coach was trying to help them. And I was trying to help, you know, hey, you can't push and, you know, all this. And in the middle of the game, I'm not kidding. Like we're talking six years old, five or six years old. A parent on the other, on the other team uh, or on our team says to his kid, if he pushes you again, punch him. He says that out loud to where everybody hears him. And I called a timeout and I said, whoa, 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 <laughs> like six years old, right? And that is the way of the world. And listen, we laugh and we think, oh, that's crazy. How could a parent do that? <laughs> we do it all the time. We don't have to tell our kids that. They just watch us. Now I'm stepping on toes. It was funny when it was someone else. But this is the way of the world, to repay evil for evil, to insult when they insult. And what Peter is saying is the way of the church, if you have faith in Jesus, if someone insults you, repay them with a blessing. What? Repay them with a blessing. That's, that's how you live as followers of Jesus. Now listen, doing that 
Repaying an, an insult with a blessing changes everything, doesn't it? Has anyone done that to you? And it just feels, like it feels a little overwhelming, and all of a sudden, you feel real small because of what you were doing. It just changes the whole uh, the atmosphere of the situation. This is what God has called you to do. And, and not only that, if you do this, God will actually bless you for it. Like there is blessing in blessing. I should write that down. That sounds like a good book. There is blessing in blessing. There's good blessing in blessing. And he goes on. He continues. Turn from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. I love these thoughts. Like to, instead of choosing evil or retaliation, like do good. Do something good for someone else. When someone does something that hurts you or offends you, that you actually have the power because of God's spirit living in you. You have the power to not repay, but rather to do good, to choose something good in that response. And then he says, search for peace. I mean, I don't even have to ask, would a little bit of peace in our world go a long way today? And, 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 the, and Peter's saying, search for it and then like work to, to maintain it wherever you can find it and see if it can't grow from there. Like this is what it means to be different as a follower of Jesus. Um, and then he says, God has given each of you a gift. Use these gifts to serve one another. And I want us to hang out here for just a second. I want you to hear this. You have gifts given by God. You've been given some gifts by God. You just naturally, because of what God has planted inside of you and through the work of his Holy Spirit, God has given you some gifts and God says these gifts aren't just for you to hold on to, but rather they're given to you to serve other people. So do it well. The ways that you serve other people. Find a place where you can become a servant of other people. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. Um, there's an old book by Rick Warren. Do you guys remember the name Rick Warren? Purpose Driven Life, one of the greatest selling books um, really in our generation. And uh, he asked this question that is um, a little confrontational. He says, if I have no love for others and no desire to serve others, I should question whether or not Christ is really in my life. Ooh, that's... That's not a fun quote. Don't post that one on Instagram. But I think it's a great question. Like, if, if we don't really want to serve others, like if, if the Spirit isn't doing something in us, if we've been following Jesus for a, a, any amount of time, but there's nothing in us that, that causes us to have compassion for others and want to serve in some way using our gifts, then we should probably at some point go, well, is Christ really in my life? Do I have faith? Have I rooted myself in Christ if I'm not really wanting to serve? And here's what Jesus says of himself. He says, even I came, the Son of Man came not to be served, but rather to serve others and give my life away as a ransom for many. I mean, Jesus said 
That was his whole purpose. And if we're followers of Jesus, that should be something that we, like we're walking out and modeling as well, that we're, we're serving others. Uh, in another passage in the New Testament, Paul, the way he builds the, the, the picture of a body, and he says that the church is like a body. It has many parts, but it's one body. And I, I don't want you to miss this that you have a gift and you have a role to play in God's kingdom. Now, come on, don't, don't drift off, come back. You have a gift, you have a role, you have a purpose in God's greater kingdom. And what's his kingdom, like what, what's this kingdom doing? It's restoring a broken world. It's bringing goodness to a world that is full of evil. And we all, each one of us, has a role to play. There is, um, I say this, and sometimes people don't know what it means, there is no appendix in the church. What does that mean? Like, like people take the appendix out, and it's like, what does it do? I don't know. Maybe some doctors know what it, I don't know what the appendix does. You can just take it out. Well, was it going to hurt anything? Well, I don't know. Let's just take it out. Like, that's not you. You have a role, and your role is vital to God's kingdom in the world. Like, you are, you're valuable. God, God gave Christ for you, but not only did he give Christ for you, he has invited you into the very mission he is on in this world. You have a role. You have a place. You are a part of the body. And if you are not functioning in that gift and in that role, the body isn't what the body should be. Um. I, I'm getting older. <laughs> Some of you are like, just wait. I know. I get it. But every now and then, I'll be sitting in my chair in the morning reading, and I have my leg crossed, and I'm sitting there, and I get up, and my leg is asleep. And I, like recently, I almost fell when I got up to walk. Have you ever done that? Have you ever almost fallen? And it felt like I was dragging my leg across the floor because it wouldn't do what I wanted it, what I needed it to do. And I, then I had to sit back down for a couple minutes to get my leg awake. You know, I kind of rubbed my hamstring and my quad. And I was like, wake up, leg. And, you know, listen, I know that's silly, but that's, that's, what it is, that's what it's like when we're not playing our part. It's like the church is hobbling along and it's not able to fulfill its purpose in the world at large. And everybody's role is different. And, and in fact, um, Scripture tells us that some of the, the, the parts that are unseen and hidden are actually more important than the parts that are seen and out in front. Let me tell you, we have some unbelievable uh, kids' ministry volunteers right now that you can't see who are doing some of the most important work in the world. And what is it that they're doing? They are helping build a foundation of faith in the next generation. And it is vitally important to God's work in this world. And we can't even see it right now. You can't even see it. I can't even see it. You don't even know who they are. Sometimes I don't even know who they are. But it's vital to what happens. We have volunteers in this room that you don't, like, Kyle, what's up, Kyle? Back on the, he's like on the computer back here. Steve's right next to him. Steve, 
lighting, if he turned off all the lights and everything went dark. I mean, we have volunteers all over. Morale, hey, morale, right here. We have people backstage. Russ Scholl is back there this morning. You can't even see him, but what he's doing is helping people who can't be here connect with what we're doing. I'm so thankful for them. We have people who are online hosts right now who are doing some, I mean, there are many things that we don't see that are vitally important to God's mission in this world, and you have a role to play as well. Like, we're called to serve. Um, okay, I'm going to end with this. Uh, when I lived in Oklahoma City, I got to know uh, a number of people who attended a church called Life Church, and Craig Rochelle is the pastor there, and I had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with Craig um, from time to time. And he's, I, I love Craig and his mission and what he's on. He works with the, um, uh, the, the Global Leadership Network as well, which is an incredible ministry to leaders in all kinds of industries and all that he's doing. And um, one of the things is, as they were building Life Church and the infrastructure and kind of the, the core values of Life Church, he implanted this in the early life of the church, and it became so important, and it's something they still talk about to this day. They're the largest church in the country. I mean, I think in excess of 80,000 people a week somehow connect to this church. It's unbelievable. And one of the things that he talks about so much is how we often see ourselves as consumers when it comes to church. Because that's how we live in the rest of the world. We're, cons we're simply consumers. And from the very beginning of this church, he built in this statement that said, we are not spiritual consumers, we are spiritual contributors. We are not consumers when it comes to the faith. We are contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. And what this has done in the life of that church is it has helped um, get rid of the, um, the idea that I come to church and I need everything to be aligned in a way that I like it and I want it and how I think it should be done. It changes the mindset to, no, 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 I come to church in order to connect with the body, to give God my attention and my affection. I, I come to this place on Sundays to in some way... Uh, allow the Spirit to transform me so that I can contribute to God's goodness in the world and move his kingdom forward in a world that needs it. And the church doesn't exist for me. I am the church, and I exist for the world. And this is the spiritual temple that God's building. Are you with me? So um, with that response... I'm going to have, let's say this together, because I want you to own it. I want you in some ways to take this in just a little bit and wrestle with it. You're, are you ready? We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. And you have a role to play, and I have a role to play. And we have so many opportunities here within this body for you to jump in. We, we have needs in our kids' ministry. We have needs in our student life ministry. We have first impressions needs. We have needs on this tech team that I was just talking about. You could serve one time a month. You could serve twice a month in order to own the mission that God has given us. We have, we have teams that serve outside the walls of this church. 
I was just thinking like Harvest Compassion Center does unbelievable. I'm pointing at Tim because he works a lot with Harvest Compassion Center. Like we have needs over there where we can serve. We can do some good in expanding God's kingdom. And it's up to us. God has given us a role to play in his grand story. And I mean, it's up to you and up to me on whether or not we're going to contribute to what God has called us to. So that's all I got today. I hope you, I hope, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. I hope, why don't you go ahead and stand? And I'm serious, that's all I got. We're not going to sing a song at the end. I want to leave this with you. Um, go back to that, go back to the slide with the, the, that last statement about being um, not consumers but contributors. I want to I leave this with you. I want you to wrestle with this. I want you to think about this. I want you to question whether or not we viewed the church as something that we're just consuming or whether we are contributors to God's mission in the world. And I, I want us to wrestle with how we can use our gifts to serve. And there's some tables out there. Uh, at Connect Central, there's a serve table. And if God is moving you to do something, go let them know. Give them your name, and we'll help you find a place. Um, at 1030, we have a, an event that is called Find Your Place in Foster Care. Not everybody can foster, but some of us can support those who are fostering. We can do some wraparound services to help support those who have children in their home that haven't had a home before. And so maybe foster care is on your heart. Um, spend 30 minutes with us down in that event at 1030 and find out a little bit more about that. But listen, you have a gift. Don't just sit on it. Use it for God's good. Amen? Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.